I don't mind saying it. I don't think very many of us at all saw what happened at City Stadium this past Friday night coming. Uh, but Jefferson Forest Cavalier football presented by TrostLaw.com featured a 23 to nothing boa constrictor-like performance. Maybe it's a sledgehammer-like performance by the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers. They took the opening drive, marched down to the EC glass six-yard line where the drive stalled out. They ended up missing a 16-yard field goal, but after forcing a three and out, including a big third down sack, JF got the ball back just inside glass territory, 11 plays, 49 yards, touchdown, and that sequence seemed to set the tone of the game as Jefferson Forest improved to 7-0 on the season. Ben Cates, NewsAdvance.com, covered that game as well, and at Ben Cates 8 on Twitter. He's with us here in the fast lane. Ben, did you see that type of domination coming from Jefferson Forest at EC Glass? Hey, Ed, thanks for having me. Um, I actually was in Gretna Friday night. Um, I had a, my colleague Emily Brown was at that game, um, but I was keeping up with it, of course, because it was just such a big seminal game and um, such an anticipated game. I wasn't surprised necessarily that Jefferson Forest won. What I was surprised with was how Jefferson Forest won. And um, it was just a dominating affair. The defense was just on point, um, I don't. It, you, you have to get up pretty early in the morning to hold EC Glass to like sixty some yards rushing, or, I think, or whatever it was, um, and just just not a not a good night offensively for the Hilltoppers. And and um, Coach Jamar Lovelace, you know, was was the first to admit that, saying that it was it was one of the worst games that he ever coached in from a standpoint of his team's um, performance. And so um, credit Jefferson Forest and um, not only the offense, we've talked a lot about the offensive line at Jefferson Forest and how how good and how physical big it is, Um, but that defense too deserves a lot of credit for that win. You mentioned so many different angles for that. Uh, Bigger picture before diving into the ramifications, good and bad of course, of Jefferson Forest uh, knocking off EC Glass 23 to nothing in JF Cavalier football presented by TrostLaw.com this past Friday. Bigger picture ramifications. Should it change the way Jefferson Forest is considered and maybe people taking them more seriously because they won and won that emphatically? I think, yeah, I think every game um, that Jefferson Forest plays now is like, is kind of everybody's just kind of sitting up and taking notice. I don't think anybody, you know, nobody that I talked to really thought that Jefferson Forest was going to be like um, number two in the district or, or competing for that number one spot with LCA. And so, um, you know, kind of before the season, it was like Rustburg was the dark horse, and, and Rustburg has proven to be a very good team. Um, but Jefferson Forest has just really solidified itself um, as a top team in the Seminole District and a, a team that is um, that is really destined for a, for a good playoff run, and, um, and teams inside and outside the area will need to watch out for JF going forward. Indeed. They changed the perception. They're a top team now in the region, and a home playoff game or multiple home playoff games seem to be on the horizon for the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers. Um, To their point, and we'll get to EC Glass on that angle momentarily, but to the point for JF, you highlighted how their defense was able to perform so well. They get pressure on EC Glass. They are able to move the ball effectively. You've seen JF for a lot of this season. How much of their success is because this is a multi-year process of building up the strength in the trenches and having the depth on both sides of the ball, really, to rotate fresh bodies and withstand the nicks and bruises that come over the course of a year. Yeah, it's just a it's a really physical team, and it's um, 
you know, JF has had uh, obviously had uh, some really good teams over the years. You know, you think about those back-to-back state championships in the '90s and and um, it, the Bob Christmas years being revived in in um, the 2000s, uh, in the 2010s. Sorry, and um, you know, it's just they've had a lot of good teams. I don't know that they've had one that's quite like this one. Um, simply because I, I may have mentioned this to you um, recently, um, it's, it's 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 a different team. It's very there's there are no, you know there there are a lot of kids that have played football for a long time, but um, but there's also just there's no real sense of entitlement at all on this team. I mean these these kids are just really hungry for to play football, and they're just like they're just normal kids going out there and doing their thing and 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 they don't think that anything's going to be given to them and i think that comes from you know having a one and nine season a couple years ago right and then last year not really being what you wanted either and so they're they're bearing the fruit of a lot of hard work but they also know that you know um, they have to work for everything that they get yeah it's a total difference maker in terms of being able to put all of that together for a team like ec glass you touched on the or for Jefferson Forest. You touched on though EC Glass head football coach Jamar Lovelace is Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com is with us in the fast lane, and now he stepped up and accepted a responsibility for that loss. What does that do for a team in a program, especially when this is kind of the first real patch of adversity, more so I would say than the loss to Patrick Henry because it's a district loss, because it has direct seating implications as it's two 4A schools. What is Jamar Lovely stepping up and saying that it was one of the worst games that he's coached? What does that do to increase the buy-in of his team uh, for what they can get for the remainder of this season, but also letting, laying the groundwork for future years? Well, I think it's pretty important because in in one respect anyway, because like you have to step up and be honest about um, what their performance is, uh, what the performance has been. Um, and that was that was not a good one. So when you have a coach that's going out there and being like, guys, that was terrible. We are capable of much more. Um, that, that's a that's a pretty important thing for a lot of these young um, football young football players to uh to, to have to experience so um, yeah from that standpoint and then you you know that coach Lovelace was in there the very next day um, looking at film and then on Monday you know he was really um, trying to improve a lot of what was going on um, to fix Friday's mistakes so um, glass ultimately I think you know there's there's first year coach coming off of um, a really successful coach in Jeff Woody probably needs to be um, discipline that still needs to happen within that program, um, as, as far as being more disciplined in in your um, in your keys and, and your reads and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, but ultimately, I think EC Glass is going to be just fine because you know that from a PowerPoint standpoint, that loss won't really hurt them simply because JF is is number one in the region. Um, won't hurt them too much, but yeah, they got to tighten up here the last couple of weeks if you want a home field um, advantage for the playoffs. Indeed. That's something you're going to have to be able to put together if you want to really maximize your playoff outlook going forward. Pivoting away, though, from that matchup, and we spent quite a bit of time talking about Jefferson Forest Cavalier football presented by TrochLaw.com. They will battle Brookville this Friday evening with a 6.30 p.m. East Coast Wings and Grill tailgate show on the Virginia's Talk Station app and 100.9 FMWIQO. Pivoting away from that, 
Rustburg and Heritage. There are two angles to that game as well. One is the fact that if you're Heritage, could you have picked a worse time when uh, you just you need to find a way to get wins and try to get some momentum in district play and. For Brad Bradley, he's going up against a coach, Burt Torrance, that used to be on his staff and knows enough about the scheme to be able to prepare his team, and Rustburg certainly met that description. Mm, you know, um, this, this it's a game that normally I think you would see um, Heritage pull out, but this is not a normal year um, for Heritage in the fact that they're pretty young. Um, and, you know, Rustburg, um, kudos to them for the amount of, for the work that they've put in, and, and um, they've got a really good offensive line as well. Those backs that are um, really, really big and and, um, and and able to do what impose their will um, with the offensive line uh, work as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bad time for that loss for Heritage because like you're now you're looking at currently um, on the outside looking in at the playoffs. That will most likely change in the next couple of weeks. I expect Heritage to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, but it's saying something about a about a program when a quote quote unquote down year is probably playing on the road for the playoffs. You know, um, most most teams for a down year, you're not getting in at all. Yeah, I mean, it does say to the strength of of Heritage that they're able to put that together. That, that's a bigger expose you can look at. Uh, toward the offseason of the coaching job at Heritage. Uh, but we'll pivot away from that right now and look at the matchup that you attended, which was Alta Vista against Gretna. How big was that for Gretna to power their way past Alta Vista in the manner in which they did, kind of flexing on the Colonels a bit? Man, this Gretna team is really good. Um, I, and um, I've been impressed with, with the way that, you know, just kind of, kind of kept up with them from afar for most of the season and then got to see them Friday night for the first time. And I'm um, just really impressed with the way they run the ball. Um, and it was kind of an, kind of an off passing night because, uh, quarterback Melvin Wooden was coming back from, from a, a shoulder injury. Um, and he still passed for, you know, uh, well over 150 yards, I think. So, um, but the passing game is really strong normally at Gretna too, and so like that offense, if if they're able to get stops down the stretch with teams now when they're when they're looking in in region two uh, C and and hopefully beyond for them, um, you know if they're able to get stops, that offense is really high powered. So um, this Gretna team that has a lot more confidence than I've seen um, in Gretna for a long time. You mentioned the confidence of this team. Did it not feel like maybe at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't say it's too harsh, but maybe it is, third year of Coach Sean Miller, that a lot of people are wondering, all right, you know, which direction is this program going to go? Are they going to take off? Are they going to go down? Are they going to stay, you know, in more of a you know, middle-of-the-pack road? That You know, I, everybody knows, and there's no shock that, it, you know, Appomattox being down has impacted things, but, you know, is it reasonable to say that Gretna's clearly shown they can take off and find a different level in year three? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think anytime that you have a coaching change, there's going to be some kind of trepidation as far as, you know, wondering what, what's going to happen with the program. Um, Sean Miller has proven that he could take it over and, and handle it really well. And then again, you know, you, you may have a few down years as Gretna has had. Um, but like, and, and I know that, you know, going way, way back, they had such a long losing streak. But, um, but you look historically, they're, they're, for the most part, have always been kids coming into that program who are football-minded kids and, um, and just really good athletes. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a trademark of schools like Heritage, like Athematics, like um, Alta Vista. Um, I'm just thinking of smaller schools um, that always seem to have um, a lot of good athletes. So um, 
you know, you, you, you can keep them down for a couple of years, but eventually teams like Gretna are going to come back and, and be really strong. Indeed, they are. Someone who's strong in his insight and work has been Cates of NewsAdvance.com. He's showing his competitive stamina because in the background, he's at Williams Stadium as Middle Tennessee and Liberty get ready to battle for their game in Conference USA this evening. Ben, if you're okay with it, we'd love to hold you over for the break and uh, through the break and sneak in a question or two about tonight's matchup, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll get to Ben Cates here momentarily in the fast lane. And when we return, we will ask him about that. Plus... Trey and I will have our projections, and Ty might even weigh in from the studio as well. Trey will weigh in from behind. He might even be doing that shortly. In the meantime, this is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.